Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. If you could have anything you want for Christmas, what would it be? Hmm. What I want for Christmas is... That's a good one. I don't think I want presents. What I want for Christmas is the good news. What I want for Christmas is discipleship. What I want for Christmas is unity. What I want for Christmas, heaven and Lansing. Welcome, hello, hope you all are doing amazing. My name is Jerome. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, then hopefully one day that'll happen. If not, hello, virtually, good to have you today. Kicking off our December 2020 vision series titled, What I Want for Christmas. If you could have anything for Christmas, what would it be? I love that promo. We had a blast. Uh, recording it. Tina, Tina Keys is the vocals here at the end. Um, we've hit it on repeat many times in the house. Kids were laughing and we just felt like it was fitting to have some fun to take us past the way this year has felt to what is possible of what God could do. And as we're thinking of 2020 and ending strong, we're not thinking of the list that we can get of possessions, but more like vision that'll exceed our reality. So this is a vision series that will take us the good news. It'll take us to discipleship. It'll take us to unity and then heaven in Lansing. We will Lansing. You like that? I had a little, little swag vibe. I'm still getting my words out because during worship, I was bawling like a baby. It was so awesome. I want nothing else other than Jesus today. And I hope you want the same. I believe God's got your number. You're in the right place in the right space today for a reason. And then we'll end this month off. We'll have a Christmas uh, special that will drop online, but also an event that you can register to hear more about our vision long-term. What is vision? My favorite way to put it is vision is seeing past what you see. You can have sight without vision. Vision gives us the possibility to exceed even our present circumstances of pain because we have a vision of what will be. And as Jesus followers, we have the greatest vision of all time. We have good news in Jesus and we have the restoration of all things finally in the end when he returns. We're going to open our Bibles and to give us an uh, an on-ramp to our Bible, I want us to remember people died to make this possible. People were willing to give their lives for the message we're about to hear. Very important. Mark chapter one. In Mark's gospel, verse 15 says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God 
has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Time is fulfilled. Kingdom of God coming near. So turn around. Don't go your way. Go God's way by believing in his good news. The good news, there's many types of news, but there's only one good news that can bring new life. And that's the good news of Jesus. In the Old Testament, there's two words used for good news. There's Bisser and Bisserah. Bisser would be a king that's sitting in royalty, hearing that the army went out and won the war, and then he gets the good news that he's still on the throne, so he's still the king, like King David. The Bisserah would be if King David dies and he passes it to Solomon, and there's a new king, and then there would be an announcement. The good news is there's a new king, the Bisserah. And then in the New Testament, you have the Greek word euangelion, meaning good announcement to let the whole world that there's an announcement that there is good news, there's a king, and there's a kingdom. And that's what Mark's gospel is doing to us. It's announcing that the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near to us in Jesus. So repent and believe the good news. There's not a message more critical than the message we're gonna talk about today. There's nothing you'll hear more important in your whole entire life. Nothing. It is that sobering, yet awe-inspiring and consuming to captivate every iota of our being today. And I pray for those of us in the room, work in tech, and I pray it's fresh and new. I pray for those that are at home today that it's fresh and it's new. And for someone who's never heard it before, or even someone who's rejected it many times, that today we will hear it in a new way and respond. Now, the good news is referred to the gospel, the gospel of God, not music category, not genre, not gospel church, but the good news that can transform mankind. Mark's gospel continues in Mark 16, verse 15. It says, then he said to them, go into all the world. Jesus followers, this is us. Preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Condemnation versus salvation, freedom, new life, versus torture, shame, imprisonment, bondage. First week here, what I want for Christmas is I want the good news. Don't get me a present. Let's talk about the good news. 
Let's talk about the good news. Let's talk about Jesus. Every person can know they have a God crazy in love with them who made them and wants to give them his kingdom. So if there's good news, what is the bad news? The bad news is the worst news that we'll ever hear. It's horrible. I mean, really, really, really bad. Not bad report card, not you lost your job, not losing a loved one. Not when I found out I was going to jail, not when I found out my parents were getting divorced, not when my friends overdosed and died, not when, not that kind of bad news. A picture that can illustrate this just to get us ready for the type of bad news we're gonna hear is uh, in 2018, if you know the actor Jim Carrey, right? Um, you, you can come back up in a minute. The cue is during, we're gonna, I asked him to come up and play the keys, but I wanted to play it during the good news. So we create a different vibe, but we're in the bad news right now. So the bad news, we're not gonna make the bad news inviting. Okay, the bad news is really bad. It's really bad. So imagine this in 2018, Jim Carrey, actor, uh, Ace Ventura, uh, Dumb and Dumber. I'm not saying you should go, I'm not endorsing these movies, but Jim Carrey. So he is on the island of Hawaii. And he gets a phone call from his assistant saying that, that he has, um, everyone on the island has 10 minutes to live because there's a text thread that went out, uh, uh, alert, and there's missiles heading to destroy the island. And there had been tensions between North Korea and America. And so the backdrop is, this is a, a very real setting and situation. And she goes, it's real. She's crying. He's ball. You know, he's thinking, oh my goodness, what do I do? What do I do? He's trying to get a hold of his daughter. He's trying to get off the island. And finally he stops and he says, you know what? I had a wonderful life. I decided to sit there and watch the ocean and go through all the ways in my head that I could be grateful for what I had. And I started this list of gratitudes that could have gone on forever. And he just says, hey, I lived my life. What would I do? There's a picture here of the cover of his new book, and it's his face. This is the face. I don't know how he got the picture. Maybe they were on FaceTime, but this is the face when he found out he only had 10 minutes to live. Then they found out it was a false alarm. Somebody sent out the text by accident. There's been all kinds of investigation about how it got sent, why it got sent. I mean, it got on the news. You Check it out. I couldn't believe it. So he got to live. But will you imagine? That would be horrible news. There's a missile coming and the island's going away. Your assistant's crying. The bad news to the good news of Jesus Christ is infinitely worse. Our sin eternally separates us from being back with God. Eternally. Worse than a missile, eternally. It's the gravity of depravity. Depravity is a term that we are born into a condition. We sin. We're born into it. You can teach a kid how to do a lot of good things, but you don't have to teach them how to lie. All of us. Parents, you know, where does that come from? It's our sin nature. Our disobedience of when we originally rebelled from God. We disobeyed God. We said, God, we're going to do it our way. And then sin enters the picture. But just like a good judge, a good person who establishes laws, there has to be justice for when somebody breaks 
the, 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 the law and when there, there has to be some type of punishment or atonement, who's gonna pay for what took place? And we always want God, hey God, you set the rules. Even though we broke the law, you should always make things right, whatever. I mean, why'd you do it this way? But we're the ones who rebelled. We don't get to decide how he determines to judge. And he's a good, perfect judge. And since he's a good, perfect judge, that means no one can be in his presence anymore with sin. It's bad news. We're gone forever, separated, gone forever, outside of God. Not able to get back. We don't know. How do we get home? Our maker, our place of safety, our place of just connection. And then for sin, that's why there's death. But the reason we mourn is we were never meant to die. We were meant to live forever with God. And everyone with sin will be eventually judged or punished and cast away to a place of separation from God. Maybe you've heard hell. The Bible doesn't talk about hell a lot, but it gives us pictures of what separation from God or hell will be like. Final, the, the, the second judgment, the second death because you could die once, but eventually we're going to die again when we face God. We're either going to be with him or separate from him. And here's some verses rapid fire that gives us a picture of how bad this looks. Don't listen to me. I'm a messenger. John 3, the one who believes in the son has eternal life. We're listening to these eternal words. We believe the Holy Scriptures are showing us the blueprint, the roadmap. But the one who rejects the son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. The wrath of God? We see what earthly judges can do. What would the wrath of God look like? Matthew 10 says, do not fear those who can kill the body, but they are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Weighty. I thought today was you belong here. It is, it is. And if your hand causes you to fall away, cut it off. This is being figurative. He's high. This is, would be a hyperbole using a very, very graphic graphic language or illustration to figuratively speak of a literal truth. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell. The unquenchable fire. God's judgment with fire is nothing to be played with. It's severe. And when God's fire shows up, everything burns. And the only thing that's left is what's like him. Because what's best for us is God. It makes complete sense, friend, that the one who made us knows exactly what is best for us. And then in Revelation 20 gives us a picture of what the end will look like. Then I saw a vision of the future, great white throne, and one seated on it, earth and heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. And then verse 15, and anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into 
the lake of fire. At this point, I hope every one of us feel the weight of our sin. And the natural question would be, how do I get saved? Well, the good news of Jesus is not to fear us into choosing him. But we should understand the gravity of our depravity. But today, it's not to shame you into finding God, but it's to love you in. This is the way, the good news. And the good news is when Jesus steps on the scene. Luke 4, he steps on the scene and he enters a church service and he enters a church service to read the fulfillment of Isaiah 61 of what the good news would look like. And he starts to roll out his job description. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's good. And what's interesting about that is in the church service, the synagogue, there would be readings that were already set in place. So Jesus knew the exact time this scripture would be read, the exact date, the exact moment, the exact hour, and he steps up and he reads it. He reads who he is. But he leaves out in Isaiah 61, it says, it goes on to say that the day of vengeance will be our God. So what he's saying is that bad news is no more because the good news is here. He says the vengeance, the wrath, it's gone. Forget about that. The good news has come near. The time is fulfilled. Repent and believe. He's leaving out the bad news because we already know the bad news. And if we haven't got to that point where we feel we need a savior, then my God, I pray that you know that you need help because that is the most lost person is the person who doesn't think they need help because every single one of us are dead in sin. We're all in the same boat. You can't have enough money. You can't earn it. You can't do enough good things that we're in the same place with whoever's been a murderer, whoever's been a rapist, whoever's done anything. If you've told a lie, we're in the same boat. We need a savior. And that seems so severe unless we understand that our God is perfect and demands holiness and justice, but yet he provided a way when there was no way. And that's what the good news is all about. Not to condemn the world, John 3, it's not to condemn the world. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Friends, we don't got to put more on people. We don't got to say, hey, look at your sin. Look at this. No, no. We should cry and say, man, you're already condemned. I don't, we want you to know there's something different because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. More good news. Second Corinthians 5.21, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. For sin, there has to be some type of payment. 
There would be a blood sacrifice, life, blood, deeper. We'd have to expand on it another time, do some research later, but an offering as a substitute in place of saying, God, I offer, I'm sorry. And there would be sacrifices of animals, their blood in, 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 in these perfect sacrifices, spotless without blemish, these lambs and different things. And finally saying, okay, this is to say, sorry, God, uh, forgive us. But one day there would be one who came, the perfect sacrifice, the lamb of God, God himself, God, man, Jesus Christ, the son to be sin who never had any sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That in Jesus, we can become right with God. We can become perfect. We can become without spot, wrinkle or blemish. We can become clean without shame. We are restored. We are face to face with God, naked, no shame, here connected life. Wow. I hope we're hearing this new in the room. It don't matter what anybody else is saying at home. I mean, this is for us. What I want for Christmas is the good news. I want to live this. I want to be about this. This is the message I want to know. This is the best news of my life. We had a baby, phenomenal news. Got married to Crystal, phenomenal news, amazing. But the greatest moment in my life is when Jesus found me dead in sin and he made me brand new, period. It's the greatest moment ever, ever in my life when I was saved. I was like, God, forgive me. I know I'm wrong. And I knew it was my sin that killed him. Didn't matter what anybody else said. I knew it was just me and Jesus and I was guilty and he did it for me. It's like a gang initiation that uh, you can't even understand. You're like, man, he got me in. He took the beating for me. It's like being guilty in a courtroom. And then you, the attorney steps in and says, hey, I'll take the sentence. Let him off, let him off. And if you've never been in a courtroom, knowing you're guilty, whew, Stakes are really high. A uh, few good news texts here. Romans 5, 8. I hope this hits us. Uh, but God proves his own love for us and that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. This is one of the scriptures that was uh, right after worship. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. You are saved by grace, the grace of God. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Is there a truer, truer statement than that? Because if we could have done something to earn it, we would find a way to put our face on the coin, on the trophy, and on the flag. There's just no way around it. Look at us. So whenever we say, we chose God, like, well, God found us and we responded. We, we aren't that brave. We aren't that amazing. But God is. Because when he went to the cross, Jesus, he took the wrath of God. He didn't just die. He took the wrath of God. He drank the cup all of the punishment, the wrath of God, Jesus. And that's why he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He had never felt that moment, not connected with the Father. He had never felt that. And he took that for me and you. So why the good news isn't good to many? A few points, and I hope uh, today you'll, you'll, you'll just come back home and say, God, make me brand new. 
um, versus some, some we say we need more proof. Romans 1 says, just look at the world. There's enough proof that God's real. One of the greatest proofs for me is the evidence of his followers. His followers were willing to die for this good news and they didn't fight. They laid down their life. And ultimately it takes faith. Secondly, it would be uh, res- results. Not, you know, I, if I don't, you know, I don't know, it didn't give me the right results. Well, no, this is a mystery of it. God has to make it grow. Third could be, you know, just straight blinded by darkness, our sin nature. I mean, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says um, that, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep from seeing the light of the gospel. Four could be the exclusivity of Jesus. This is the, this is the one that stops so many of us from the good news. Because when Jesus says in John 14, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, why are you so arrogant? Why do you think you're the only one? But what's fascinating is he's saying, everyone can come. Everyone can come. Everyone's included. But I'm the only one that has the exclusive way. See, the bad news is, we say, the bad news is that there's only one way. Oh, there's only one way. There's only one way. There's many ways to God. No, no. The good news is there is a way. Think of that. Just just marvel at that for a moment. Forget the time. I know they want me out of here 25 minutes. Just marvel at that. Like, think of this, that there's even a way. When you're guilty, it's like, oh my goodness, there's a way? And I don't have to do anything? Jesus is unlike every other God. He did it for us. So what do we do? We believe and we confess in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Brand new life. The best way summed up is the good news of Jesus offers new life. There is no greater gift God could give. Worship team, if you guys could come up and I believe today There's a, God's doing a great work in bringing people home. People are saying, yeah, I know I need Jesus. But see, the good news isn't just a message. It's not just salvation. It's, it's our whole life. It's the kingdom of God. It's the way we do our work. It's the way we live our life. It's how we do church. It's every, the good news encompasses everything. That's why at City Life, we're a good news church. We say, yeah, you're loved, you belong, and you have purpose. But ultimately, we're a good news church because those things communicate the qualities of the good news, the kingdom of heaven. It communicates that, that the center of our lives is the good news. We didn't do anything to earn that, and that stands alone by itself, and that's the answer I need for my marriage. That's the answer I need for my job. That's the answer I need. I don't need programs. I just need more of the good news. And as I get the more of the good news in me, yeah, the world might look at it sometimes and say, that's foolishness. Yeah, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now, we, we might be convicted too and say, I need, to, I need to share this gospel with people. What's stopping us? You know what? Fear's stopping us. Shame, I'm not good enough. But today, can we get a revelation of the true good news that he'll use us as we just say, look at him, not me, him. I'm not, he is. 
He is. So Mark 1, 15, the same way we started. It's the same way we end. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. So repent and believe the good news. The good news. What I want for Christmas, nothing else. Nothing else will do. We just want you. We just want you, God. Nothing else. Today, don't feel condemnation. Feel conviction. Conviction is a miracle. It's a miracle to be convicted of our sin, to believe that there's one true God that came and found us and made a way, and we say, Jesus, take my life. I believe it in my heart, and I confess with my mouth, make me brand new. That's what repentance is. You say, I want to get baptized. You sign up. You go to citylifelands.com. You say, I want to make it serious. I want to be a disciple. That's next week. We're talking all about it. What we want for Christmas, to see beyond, to have vision. But don't try to figure it out all the time. Let God be God. And I pray that that's what this song does, to sing together, to let God be God. Come into Jesus for the first time. Come home. Come home. Come home. For the first time, come home. And uh, if, if, you, if you've known Jesus for a long time, today I pray it's just like when you came home for the first time and you just feel that so powerful, so strong today as we just want him as nothing else will do. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.